Welcome to TNT with Teresa Quinlan and Reese Thomas. We are friends from across the pond on a life evolution. We want to bring you topics that challenge your status quo, guests that help you think differently, and nuggets of wisdom that spark being. Being what? You. Authentic you. Today we welcome Andrea Clough. Andrea believes that taking your life and career to the next level is like climbing a mountain. To see the amazing view from the peak, you have to plan, train, collect your gear and work with a guide. You cannot do it only on relying on yourself. Andrea is the engineer whisperer. She transforms good engineers into great engineers. She is the killer combo for translating their strong technical skills into powerful business and people skills. She creates a simple and tailored roadmap for each of her clients based on their needs and their goals. More than 10 years of uh, working the corporate experience in finance, HR, project management, strategic integration, business operations, marketing, and procurement. She is a certified professional coach and accredited by the ICF. She was born in Europe, speaks four languages, has traveled all around the world. Her perspective on life, laughter, and work will pull you in like a good box of chocolate. Now, who doesn't enjoy a good box of chocolates, particularly at this festive time of year? So welcome indeed, Andrea. Thank you, Reese. Thank you for the warm welcome. <laughs> okay, so we had a brief chat beforehand. We were kind of thinking about what's on our hearts, what we want to talk about. And you mentioned a new project that you're working on, collaborating with some fellow humans, first friends of ours. And you said, we were talking about courage today. Give us a little bit of a backstory of you and how courage has played an integral role in who you are and, and what you're up to today. Thank you. Yes, today I was brave and I shared in that workshop something and I'll allow me to share it here too. As we were asked how courage showed up in our, our life and how you represented, I drew a flower and as I drew the flower, I, I just wrote down what came and I'll share colors among gray because I grew up in Romania as a Hungarian during communism and everything was gray. I remember every buildings, everything gray. Blossom among despair because I grew up poor again during communism and was among people who were hopeless besides just being poor. And then the third one is really what I want to share is smile when crying is expected. And this is connected to my story with my grandma. I spent many summers with my grandma as I was growing up. I don't remember how. I remember my grandma specifically asking me this question when I was um, nine, ten. She asked me, Andrea, how is my funeral going to look like when I pass away? And I looked at her and the answer just remember just flew out of my my mouth and had a big smile I said grandma we're going to celebrate you we're going to have this big party and everybody's going to be dancing and singing and I remember the feeling of looking at her and her face kind of puzzled as of I'm not saying the right words you might remember it from your childhood I'm like so I stopped and kind of paused and then her face turned and she, came, she had a big smile on. And I continued to say what I thought we're going to do in this celebration. And only when I was older, I realized, and then when her actually death happened, 
that I was courageous in a way that as a child, I said exactly what I felt like. I wanted to celebrate her life. I wanted to be at the funeral where everybody celebrated with me, the person who she was, all the people that she touched. She has been even since a role model of me, of my life. I believe many of my beliefs are, are stemming from who she was, the way she lived. So that's the story that I share today in workshop around courage. Thank you. That's so beautiful. I can relate in that my grandfather holds that space for me. He's the dead person I talk to the most. The way he lived his life greatly influenced two of my core values, self-discipline and courage also happens to be another one because he demonstrated that courage is the undertone that drives the action of bravery. And so what does it feel like when you're being courageous? And I'm, I'm wondering if you can describe to us, what does it feel like that allows you to know time for me to take the action of being brave? Oh, very good question. Well, today we also read a poem on courage, Strength and Courage by Sylvia Kelly. And what I remember one of the sentences is that it takes strength to love, but it takes courage to be loved. And for me, courage showed up by being different. And I think it started with my grandma. Her giving me the smile and the okay to think differently, to not go with what is expected to be who I, I am. And that followed through all my life. I felt like I never fit in mm. because I, from a young age, I questioned, I had questions, I had different ideas like this one that I shared, funerals should be celebrations. I've always been, I found myself being the youngest in, in groups, wherever I was, I was the youngest person, but always welcomed and I loved being with other people who were wiser, not just older, but wiser than I was and learning from them. Being courageous in, in being myself and in my journey started in Romania as a Hungarian, but then it took me to Germany and then from Germany it took me to the States and I've been here for, for many years now. But I'm coming with a background of not fitting in. So I started with growing up as a Hungarian in Romania and not fitting in. And only as I moved away from my hometown, I realized that, and I had to go through this process of who am I? Where do I fit in? And the answer showed up that wherever I go, I am home because home I found inside of me through who I am. And for me, courage is a sign of showing who you are in every situation. Exactly. So often we've talked about courage on here before, we've come to the thought that maybe, you know, the birth of courage comes from fear. But listening to you and watching you describe your story and seeing how I'm believing that same story replicates itself over and over again and everything you're doing and why you're doing it and who you work with and what's driving you and your purpose. I'm seeing that, correct me if I'm wrong, but it isn't coming from that fear place. It's just coming from a free place, from a pure place, from something that's just in you that we all have as children and that lots of us forget 
it gets misplaced or covered up by other things. And it, it reminds me of our conversation the other day, Teresa, when we were talking about EQ in parenting and how the different things worked. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, am I right in my, um, my assumption? And uh, what is it that you were able to, apart from having an amazing grandmother who inspired you and that story has stayed in your heart all this time, what is it that you do so that maybe our listeners might also be able to practice that allowed you to hold on to that that inner child innocence and fearlessness aka courage that has led you to this and and what you're doing as a coach so to start with the first one yes and I think it's (laughs) it's not an assumption on your end I think that you're feeling it's a feeling that you're sensing me so thank you yes it's more connected to my heart than as I'm pointing at my chest. It's, it's more to the heart of who I am, the gut. The second one, wow, I don't know how to answer that one. Sometimes I find this challenging too, when you traversed a long distance down the path already to look back and go, where did I start from? And what did I do first? <laughs> what did I do first to start to remove what was the first layer, the second layer, the third layer of all the things that were covering up who I really am? Well, I've been on this journey, I know, since that conversation with my grandma and then continued summers. Uh, she just had this power about her. She, she only had the opportunity to go to school to have four grades because of the war. But I, I really think she was the wisest person I've ever known. And I guess to put it in perspective, the opposite was my mother, who growing up, I didn't have a relationship with, who, who we didn't understand each other. She was a loving, I always felt loved by her and I loved her, but there was something missing. And she was later in my years, I discovered that she was carrying her own burden from her own upbringing and her own family life and patterns from her mom. And so it was this almost like I grew up with grandma who was showing me the way. And then my mom who was in in hopelessness. And I found myself seeing both worlds. And I think as a child, I chose early on hope. As you were talking, Teresa, that came up for me that I had a very strong hope from a very beginning as a child. And then I made my way through through church, uh, was part of the youth group. And then I did find Christ as a teenager. And that gave me even more hope and belief. I want to say that it's a combination of of being curious to why people are hopeless and why people have hope. Why do they have hope? And having these two role models in my life, I refuse to sit in hopelessness. Which in itself requires curiosity and courage and so much more. So let's talk about your work. Obviously, I would need to need to at least acknowledge the engineer whisperer, Monica. Is this a could you share us a little bit about how, how we get to there? How we get to that, yeah. How, how do we get that? So that phrase was given to me by a good friend. I did not want to take it. It's one of those <laughs> gifts that somebody who gives you and very naturally you reject it. Then as I shared it with a few people, they just like, yes, that's, that's you, that, that's it. And, and through their reaction, I saw, okay, I'm, I'm going to be brave and, and go with this. It's, I'm going to wonder what is behind this. 
why engineers? Well, my story is that engineers have found me. As I started my coaching career in an engineering company, but I was working in HR, I asked all my HR friends if they you know, want to start um, working with me. And interestingly, they hesitated. And when I asked my engineering friends, they raised their hands. And after a while, I just asked, why did you say yes? And they said, I don't know anything about coaching, but I know you. I loved working with you, the conversations, the perspective you bring. You always have this different perspective and you're always ahead of the game and ahead of the thinking. So uh, the feedback I got, wherever you're going, and if it's called coaching, whatever you're going, they wanted to be with me. They wanted to be on board. I was sitting one day and my accountability partner said, well, who are you working with right now? And I said, engineers. And do you like working with them? I'm like, yes. Okay, there. that's it. I'm going <laughs> to continue working with engineers. Again, given my background, everything that I wanted as a child and, and the things that I grew up with, I realized that engineers design those. So I'm very grateful every day when I get up and I turn the water on and the shower on and I flush the toilet and I turn the light on and, and the, open the fridge and I can make a tea on the stove, get in the car, drive on a road. Engineers design these what we do and how we live our life and in, in order to live our life, somebody put all that effort and the knowledge into it. And this is what I realized that me working with engineers is so much more than just working with this group of people. For me, engineers mean if they do a great job, everybody benefits. It's the ripple effect. So my mission is to awaken in engineers their potential because if we're going to have great engineers all over all over the world then engineers are the ones who help us live life to the fullest that's really incredible identifying that the inspiration and motivation from internally comes from not just recognizing the immediacy of how we help someone but then also the ripple impact of that you said two things Super important. Simon Sinek has his Why Institute and part of one of the exercises within it is to talk with friends and family members about why they're friends with you, why they hang out with you, what it is that they get from being with you, because it's part of an exercise of other people actually identify your why for you because it's what you leave them with. What do they get from being with you? <laughs> And so to hear that people came up to you and gifted you with your purpose by telling you what you're really good at doing, and then you maintaining a certain amount of curiosity to explore it, and then actually take what they're telling you as an external knowing of your value contribution to the world is... I believe an act of bravery because sometimes hearing how awesome we are from other people can we can put a lid on that for fear of we'll be too successful or if I try and I'm not as successful as other people expect me to be then I'm a failure all of that garbage that sort of lines up and so in that is hearing this skill of optimism that ability to be hopeful despite the fact that we might hit roadblocks on our journey and I'm imagining when you're working with engineers and you're trying to get very cerebral individuals to be in touch with the quote unquote soft skills, the personal skills, yeah. that optimism and hopefulness that they can overcome those behaviors that have been deeply ingrained in the technical 
they can learn these other skills. Is that something that you find you need to incorporate in them as a level of hope? Like you could do it. It's going to be difficult, but you could do it. You're touching on something that is really dear to my heart. And it's the base of how I work. I hold this principle and I hold it for everyone that I work with. And even I want to say everyone that I meet, everyone is whole, already whole and capable and resourceful. I don't need to fix anyone. I mean, I always invite people to not think that they need to be fixed. I don't think there's anything broken about them, that anything is wrong with them. So can I? I believe that they can. I believe that they already have it. It's, it's one step above can. It's the you are, not just you can. When I show up that way, that I believe that they are, they see that, they feel that. It's almost like I don't always need the words to tell them, to encourage them. It's something on the energy level that it's a felt. And I want to say one of the gifts that I got from grandma that, you know, grandma didn't have always the words to tell me she behaved that way. She was giving it. And the day before of the same workshop, the topic was purpose. And one of the sentences that stayed with me from yesterday was, if you seek something, give it. I, I just loved, loved that sentence as well, because you know, engineers seek knowledge, but what I give them is what they actually seek from the heart. Yes. I don't compete with their knowledge. I respect their knowledge. I acknowledge their knowledge. I know how long and how hard they work to get that. But what I do in my work is I see them for who they are besides engineers. Many times I get this question too, do I only work with engineers? And the answer is no. I work with those who, who are ready to, to step into who they are. But in a way, they find their engineering connection. You know, my grandpa was an engineer. Can we work together? So, or I've worked with those who were an engineer at some point and now they're doing something different. I think the connection point is I am very analytical and I love, I enjoy being in the thinking space, mm -hmm. but I also have found early in my life, call it the ladder or the ladder between the heart and the brain, the ladder so that I can walk down into my heart and, and also spend some time and precious moments in my heart. And I think that is intriguing for engineers because they were rewarded in their path to become engineers, that it's about thinking and knowledge. And in that, people stopped seeing them for who they are, and they just labeled them engineers. And then we all have different ideas of what an engineer should be, would be, could be. And then we box them, box them up. I love that. You know, everything you're explaining there really resonates with me and, and the kind of work that I'm doing. You know, business is called true self coaching. So it's all about uh, removing those labels and um, stepping back from those identity and the roles that we, you know, have either chosen or been put upon us and realizing, you know, exactly as you described that that ladder. And yeah, most of us, regardless of what industry we're working in, kind of operate from this space because it's just what we've been taught, what we've been conditioned and, and how we're believed uh, 
how we believe that, you know, knowledge is power, you know, to put it bluntly, whereas we've done the same thing as you, whether it's a ladder or whether it's coherence between the, the, the heart and the head and the soul. And then the three of those things working together allows us to step into that true self thing, to put down that the, the false self that we, that we allow ourselves to, you know, play out or, or get forced into. Um, so I'm wondering, just to go, let's dive back again into that fact story, because the impression I get from you is, yes, you're very analytical, and the fact that you have this affinity with, um, with engineer types, let's not just label them, but those sort of types, these analytical people must be something that's in you as well to have that connection. But I'm wondering, what was it that led you to that kind of realization that it wasn't all about here, it was about here, and when we can connect those two uh, and allow people to feel that and see that and be that themselves, then they can then you know radiate that out to other people and and, and share that feeling. So, at the risk of you know, expecting the answer to be grandma again, um, is there a, <laughs> is there a, is there a fun story or a, an experience that led you to um, take those steps down from up here and start living down here in the heart? And I keep going back to my transformational moment. So the story now it's not grandma now it's mom. I mentioned her a little bit, how the story goes that I grew up and, and we never developed that relationship of a daughter and a mother because I have an older brother and, and he was, I want to say, more trouble than I was. I don't know if that's a pattern that the second child just gets, gets more freedom, but I did. Yeah. My mom was preoccupied with him and I got to do a lot of cool things. And one of the cool things was that when I entered college, I was disappointed in the system, a lot of corruption, so forth. And my friend from high school went to Germany and I was, I think, complaining to her. I was actually studying German English and she said, well, you want to come and hang out with me? I'll find you a job. And then, you know, it was about hanging out. I said, oh, well, I can learn the language. I can earn some money and I can hang out with her. So, yes. So she found me a job as an au pair, and I, I remember telling my parents, so I'm going to go to Germany. Is that okay with you? And my parents like, yeah, sure. I don't know how they parented, but I got to do a lot of cool things. So I got myself to, to the embassy. That's another story. I hitchhiked on my own. I got the visa. I went to Germany, and I stayed there for a year. So since then, that was the, the turning point of... I went to Germany and I never really returned home because when I returned home, I stayed for four months and then I came to the U.S. and then I haven't returned since. So I missed that where you grow up and then you're an adult now and now you develop a relationship with your parents, for me, especially with my mom. And then when I became a mom and my son, like, OK, um, I would like him to have a grandma. So that means that I have to kind of build a relationship with my mom. I put years, sweat and tears into building a relationship with my mom. And then one day I had this really big, huge failure, the biggest that I've ever had. I had smaller ones, but the, this one was like the biggest. Building a relationship for me was about helping her financially. I always thought that it's, if I help her financially, I get her stuff, then she's going to have a better life. This one time when I was visiting there, I to have a surprise and I, I purchased something for her and it was all secret. And then when it showed up, then she didn't give me the reaction that I 
that I expected. She gave me the opposite reaction. So this big thing was a big new white fridge. What I got from her is, why did you purchase this? And then the next one was, why did you come here? And I just lost it. I just left the apartment, lost it. And I was working with, with a friend of mine. I didn't know back then. He was coaching me. So I called him and he came. And with one question, he gave me the power to be able to transform my relationship with my mom. And then I transformed my whole life after that. So he asked me, if you draw a circle. So I drew a circle. And then he said, okay, now put in all the feelings that you have towards your mom, what's going on in, in your, inside of you, in, in this circle. And, oh, I was so proud that I drew this pretty diagram and I showed it to him and he looked at it and wasn't speaking for a while and and then he asked me I I don't see love here you don't love your mom and that was where I lost it like everything that I've done was driven not by love to fix her house to fix her things to fix the way she lived fix her Nobody needs to be fixed and nobody wants to be fixed, but I didn't realize that. So in that moment, I realized that I never had a relationship with my mom. I had to face the reality that now was the beginning of uh, figuring out who my mom was. Because when you have a relationship with somebody, you usually know them, usually have a sense about who they are. And I never taken the time to find out what, what my mom was about, where was she from and what feelings she had. Literally in that same notebook, the next day, I took the next page and I wrote mom and it was blank. And then I started being curious and brave, finding out well, who is she about as a person, as a human, as a woman, not just my mother. That's a given. And then in that process, I learned that in order for me to really find out who she is, I had to give her the opportunity to find out who I was. After all these years, she didn't know who I was either. So we both were struggling because nobody knew who we were. I think that that is my story. Wow, thank you so much. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, it resonates with me as well. I know me and Teresa both have these uh, mommy issues, shall we say. But um, that makes me think that I need to do the same exercise. Yeah, no, I mean, we have an okay relationship, but it could be better. And I think that could be the same for everyone. You know, I think there's always an improvement or, you know, something could be deeper or more connected or, or more loving. Um, so, yeah, that really simple exercise is something hopefully everyone could um, can learn from. And Teresa's got something. I totally do, right? You can yeah, see me yeah. like piecing because I'm thinking <laughs> that's, the, that's the name of this episode. Nobody wants to be fixed because nobody needs to be fixed, which brings us back to a very impactful statement you said earlier. If you seek something, give it. And so what you were seeking was love. It wasn't in your awareness space that that was what you were actually seeking. And so what you gave yeah. was not an expression of love which is why it didn't work. So what I would love to bring this conversation full circle is for you to potentially share with our audience. And I'm going to call an audible here, Reese. And it's normally we go hashtag not anymore, but I want to go hashtag golden nugget. <laughs> I'm wondering if you can give for our listeners a practical first step to, if it isn't this circle exercise, how do they begin to discover what it is they're seeking? I would say, the first step is to not be by yourself 
I would have not had that transformation moment if I would have just stayed where I was in that space. And I remember part of my story is that I went out of the apartment and downstairs and sat on a bench. And I don't remember how long I sat there. I just know it was dark by the time I took the courage to call on my friend. I think the first step, and I'm really a believer in, in small steps, is find one person. Just close your eyes and who's one person that you, that you truly trust, that you trust that they believe in you when you don't believe in yourself. And that moment was for me the realization that if this can happen to me, if I can transform my relationship, I want to be that person for somebody else. That is what I want to do the rest of my life. I didn't know about coaching, about industry. I didn't know anything about that. All that came after I returned from Europe and I was in the States. And again, life just brought me all the signs after that. I wasn't, I wasn't actively seeking. All showed up after I have opened up myself to trusting. But in that moment, I can tell you, I did not trust myself. I lost myself. I didn't know what to do. And a voice that just call this person. Don't need to know what the next step is. Don't need to know anything else. Mm. Just don't be by yourself. Just have somebody with you. So I think that's what I would say. Thank you so much for sharing that, for sharing actually everything through this conversation. There have been so many nuggets that I've written down that will go in the show notes, which is typically what I put in there are all these eloquent things that are said throughout that really need to be heard and read after as well to stand out for people. So individuals are going to want to be able to be in touch with you, Andrea, and follow you. What's the best way for that to happen? Find me on the web, andreaclough.com. I'm on LinkedIn. That's where I'm active. So send me a note, send me a message. Let's connect. All right. Are you ready for the rapid fire Q&A? <laughs> I've never done anything like that. So yes, I am. Cue game show music. Reese, have you come up with the tune for today? Not, not yet. No, we'll edit that in later. But yeah, I think cue courage and definitely curiosity. <laughs> okay, Let's here it comes. <laughs> Five questions. Number one, which emotion catches you off guard most often? hopelessness. And what do you do to regulate that emotion in the moment? I make a choice that it cannot get to me. What's next in your personal evolution? Is being brave and actually writing about hopelessness. When your best friend is having a meltdown, what do you say to them? I am big on listening, so I would probably just be with them. Marvelous. Yeah, marvelous. And last question. In this moment, what are you most looking forward to or most hopeful for? I am looking forward to where this opportunity, and mentioned it, that this workshop that I'm in, this program that my team is collaborating with Stanford University, just the opportunity of where this can be how this can blossom into something where people will awaken. Andrea, thank you so much for spending this time with us and for sharing with us your energy and your heart. I really appreciate you. 
Yeah, I'll second that because I could tell by the stories it was a very personal thing. There was a, there was still a bit of rawness there, but it was that's where the truth is and that's where the heart is. And and I think yeah, absolutely, the courage that that you you showed and that you shared with us and that you clearly embody with in the work you're doing and and excited to see where this new project is going to lead. So thank you so much for sharing all that with our listeners. Thank you very much for allowing me to be courageous. Thanks for listening to this episode of TNT. Please share, subscribe, rate, and review. And when you're ready for your personal evolution, check out Reese at trueselfcoaching.com. And for your emotional intelligence revolution, check out Teresa at iqeqtq.com.